0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to my very first real episode. I wanted to say thank you so much for the overwhelming support on my podcast launch last week. Way more people listened to it than I was expecting, and I even got a review on Apple Podcasts and it was seriously so nice. So if that was you, then thank you. I really, really appreciate leaving me a review after only an intro episode. It means a lot, so thank you. And let's get into the episode, shall we? Okay, so like I was saying in the introduction episode, I really want you to come away from this podcast each episode having learned a thing or two, and so I really wanted to start off today's episode with this interesting story that's kind of still developing, but it's a really big story, and I want you to know about it. America is going to space again, and I, for one, am so excited. It is definitely on my bucket list to watch... A rocket launch, and that very well may happen in the next couple of years. So right now, NASA is working on a project called Artemis. Artemis 1. There's also Artemis 2 and Artemis 3, but it's all part of this Artemis program. If you know anything about space at all, um, the first famed space mission was named Apollo. And in Greek mythology, Artemis is actually the twin sister. So it makes sense. You know, NASA's going from Apollo to Artemis. They're trying to get us back to the moon because Americans have not been to the moon since 1972, literally 50 years ago. But Hopefully in 2024 and 2025, Artemis 2 and Artemis 3, which are crewed launches, will go to the moon. And so I, for one, will be taking PTO and I will be at those launches. Back to the original point of the story. Artemis 1 is uncrewed. They're not going to have any real people on it. It's a big test flight. There's gonna be three test dummies on there gonna test radiation, um, heat sensitivity, that kind of things. And there's also a little plush Snoopy on board to test when zero gravity starts hitting. Ah, oh, I love Snoopy and I'm excited. He's been a part of a lot of a lot of space launches, but I always just love it when they, you know, incorporate a beloved cartoon character of mine. The rocket that is launching is called the Space Launch System, and it's the most powerful rocket ever built. And inside of that is the Orion spacecraft, and that is what the crew will be in. So it was supposed to launch on Monday, August 29th, but due to one of the engines not being able to cool down enough, they had to scrub the missions. So... As of the recording of this podcast episode, they have not announced when the next launch will be, but the backup dates are September 2nd, which is Friday, the day this episode comes out. So if you're listening on launch date, the rocket might have launched today. (laughs) Although I have a feeling that's highly unlikely because with a problem like that, it's probably going to take a little bit to figure out what was wrong and how to fix it. So, there's also backup dates for September 5th and September 19th, and then a couple more dates later in September and October. But I have no doubt that Artemis 1 will launch in the next month or two, and it's going to be huge. It's USA's first flight to the moon since 1972. You know, that's a pretty big deal. It's going to be a rigorous, rigorous test they're really going to push this rocket to the absolute limits because there's no people on board, you know, so they can take those kind of risks. Once it gets launched, it's going to fly around the moon one and a half times and then come back. And when it's near the moon, it is going to be so close. It's literally going to be 62 miles away from the surface of the moon. Like that is so close in the grand scheme of things. 62 miles away from the surface of the moon. That's crazy. So it's going to be a really big deal, and I will be watching this story like a hawk. I cannot wait for this launch, and so I'll probably keep you guys updated about it because it's really interesting to me, and who doesn't want to know about space? Who doesn't want to know about the moon? And this is really all, all of this is taking place because we want to go to Mars. We want to get to the moon so we can establish a more, like, a permanent, like, base type thing up there so that that could be a stepping stone from Earth to the moon to Mars. So Mars is the big end goal. Hopefully in my lifetime we will be able to get to Mars. So the space race is back on and I'm so excited to watch it from the comfort of my bedroom because there's literally nothing crazier than leaving planet Earth and going to a whole different planet. Okay, so that's enough about space. Let's come back to planet Earth where I am going to tell you a tragically funny story of a girl who spent months studying to become the perfect potential new member that every sorority would want, only to have the smallest taste of the life she spent endless nights longing for when the very sorority she was in got kicked off campus and all of those dreams she had suddenly became impossible to materialize. Sorry, that was a little dramatic, but if you had asked me to describe what happened three years ago, that's probably how I would have seen it. In actuality, though, it's a story of how I was in a sorority for one year before it was kicked off campus for a hazing incident, and I thought my life was over. I feel like a little bit of background is needed, so the story really starts my junior year of high school. I, like many high schoolers, were obsessed with going to college. I could not wait. It was literally the only thing on my mind. And being the type A planner obsessed with the future person that I am, of course I started doing research on it. And eventually I figured out what a sorority was and I decided I wanted to be in one. I watched so many YouTube videos about people's sorority experience. I watched literally every recruitment video that was online. I watched it. Random schools, random chapters. It didn't matter. I watched it and I wanted to be in a sorority literally so badly. I read somewhere that, you know, they look at your Instagram and they wanted to make sure that, you know, you have friends. So... In that moment, I decided to start posting a lot more pictures with my friends instead of just selfies because I wanted to look like I had friends on the internet. So I started really like curating my Instagram for the sole purpose of a sorority looking at it and being like, we want her in our chapter, which is crazy. (laughs) Thinking about it now, I'm like, why did I care that much? It's my Instagram. I can post whatever I want. But that's where I was at at the time. And I also pretty much got a job in high school for the sole reason of paying for my sorority. Because my parents were all for it. They're like, you know, you can do whatever you want, but we are not paying for that. Which I totally understand. And I wanted it that bad that I was going to pay for it. And I mean, I wanted money for college anyways. But the, but the main reason why I even got a job in the first place is because I knew sororities were expensive and I wanted to afford it. Just to tell you how much money this was, I paid 2200 that was so much money for one year. And, like, another reason why I wanted to join a sorority mostly was because I wanted, like, a group of girlfriends. Like, you watch all these recruitment videos and it's always four to five girls, like, hanging out in a boat, you know, or doing something, like, all together. And I was like, yes, that is what I want. I had friends in high school. I had girlfriends in high school. It's not like I never had girlfriends, but it it wasn't a long-lasting friendship. It was like, oh, you're my one girlfriend in this one class for this one semester. And I did ROTC, so most of my friends were guys, which is also why sorority was so appealing to me. When I'm telling you, really the only reason I wanted to go to college was to be in a sorority. Really the only reason I wanted to go to college was to be in a sorority. And then once I got there, you know, I did recruitment. It was good. I didn't get dropped from many, and I got my top two on PREF night. So for me, that was a win. And in case you're curious, it was Kaio and Alpha Phi. And then bid day comes and I opened my card and I had put Kyo as my number one and I had fully expected to get it. I opened that bid day card, saw that it said alpha fee, and I blacked out. In case you've never been to sorority recruitment, all the different sororities are in like a U shape in front of you and they're all in their own little section and then you run to the section where your sorority was. I was thinking I was going to get Kayo in my head. So that's the only one I was looking at. And so when I opened my card and I got Alpha Phi, I literally had no idea where Alpha Phi was in the lineup. So I accidentally ran to 80 Pi and I was just like standing there for like two minutes until I was like, wait, this is not what my bidet card said. And then I ended up running to Alpha Phi and it was all good. But I was definitely devastated at first and I spent a few days sulking You know, I wallowed in my pity, whatnot, whatnot. And then I was like, no, I have always wanted this. If you've gone through sorority recruitment, you know, they say, trust the process, you'll end up where you're supposed to be. And so I was like, okay, you know what, I'm just going to trust that this is where I was supposed to be. I dove full force into it. I did all of the events. I applied for, like, a position or whatever on exec board. You know, I really was like, I am going to make the most of this experience, and I was having such a blast. Then, the whole real drama begins on Valentine's Day. I can so clearly remember that it was Valentine's Day, because we were called in for an emergency meeting with some lady from nationals or whatever, and all the girls were like, I have plans. Like, it's Valentine's Day. Like, I'm going out with my boyfriend. But... They were like, you have to come in. So everyone goes to this meeting. And it was at that meeting where it was announced that we were under investigation for hazing. Yeah. Anastasia sitting in that auditorium was like, what? so lost. I was so out of the loop. I was, like, so blindsided. But the lady from Nationals was like, oh, it'll be fine. We're just gonna do an investigation, but it'll be fine. Don't worry. You should only be worried if, like, you took part in it. And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So I wasn't worried at all. Less than a week later, almost everyone who was living in the sorority house got kicked out. The girls who were living in the house were like, the face of alpha phi. So all of us new girls anyways, they were you know, they were always at the house and it's like when you want to be in a sorority, you want to like go to the house and do all the fun cool house stuff. And so to see all of them get kicked out, it was like it was crazy. I could not believe it. So then the whole rest of the school year and then into the summer, they were telling us we were going to be fine, you know, don't worry about it. We're still going to do recruitment in the fall we had recruitment practice, I had bought all like the outfits that I needed for recruitment and everything, and then, middle of July, everyone gets an email from National saying that the chapter was suspended. I remember being at work, getting that email, and like, oh my gosh, the anxiety, my heart was racing, I could barely see, I was getting like, I thought I was going to pass out, and I don't really faint very often, but it was like the rug got pulled out from under me. Everyone was saying we were fine and then all of a sudden the chapter is suspended? What the fuck? And it was even more scary for me because I was supposed to live in the sorority house my sophomore year. I was supposed to move in in like two months, but in the email they were like, oh you can still live in the house, the chapter is just suspended. I still wasn't thinking it was going to be the end. And then a couple weeks after that, they were like, no, you can't leave in the house and everyone is terminated. What? Oh my gosh. It was crazy. Like, again, the rug just pulled up from under me. I was so devastated. Are you kidding me? This was the email that I got. It said... Alpha Phi International Fraternity has completed a full review of the information gathered during Alpha Phi and ECU's investigation into the Delta Alpha chapter. I write to inform you that the termination of your membership has been recommended to the International Executive Board for cause, conduct unbecoming of a member. I cannot even begin to tell you how upset I was because I had done nothing wrong. I still at this point had no idea what was the hazing incident that they were talking about. And so for them to tell me I did conduct unbecoming of a member and I was going to get terminated, oh, I was pissed. I was so pissed. They said we could appeal. I appealed. I wrote a great letter. And they still said no. So, oh, my God, I was just so upset. I just, like, can't even explain how upset I was. Like, I'm telling you, I had been preparing to be in a sorority for two years of high school. It was The only way I saw my college experience going was being in a sorority the whole time. I was supposed to live in the house. Now where the fuck am I going to live? It all worked out because I ended up living with my friend Kelby. But oh my gosh, I just was devastated thinking, why did this happen to me? You know, and that's when my mind started to go back to, if only I had gotten my first pick, you know, if only I had gotten Kayo, if I had only put in more effort, then maybe this wouldn't have happened. But there was literally nothing that I could have done. And one of the other things that really caught me at least super off guard is that they kept saying if it was a culture issue, then the chapter would get shut down. But if it was just a few girls, then it wasn't a culture issue. And because those girls got kicked out of the house, I was like, how could they possibly find this as a culture issue when they already, you know, took action on the girls that had quote unquote done it? But I I mean, I guess they decided it was a culture issue, which is why everyone in the chapter got terminated. And man, it was tough. It was tough going back to school, watching work week from all my friends who were in sororities, getting to do everything that I had wanted to do for so long. Everyone complains about how recruitment week really sucks, but it's part of the experience. And I wanted to do it so bad. And so I was jealous of everything everyone getting to live, you know, the sorority dream that I wanted and nothing I could do about it and it sucked so much. This is my understanding of the situation. So there was another fraternity that got kicked off campus that year. It was SAE, Sigma Alpha Epsilon, and apparently they decided they wanted to take us down with them. So they sent a video that showed their pledges Dancing and stripping and running around our sorority house naked. So we ended up getting in trouble for helping them haze their pledges. And FITA had gotten kicked off that year too. So it really wasn't a good year for ECU Greek life. And honestly, I was really upset about it for a couple years afterwards. All of sophomore year, I was really upset about it. Every time there was like a sorority thing, I would get pretty depressed really jealous that that wasn't me. Um, Luckily, I was able to go to like fraternity events that were able to fill the void of the sorority events that I wanted to go to, but couldn't because my sorority was kicked off. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, now it's four years later, and I've pretty much made peace with how it all turned out. And I can tell you that that was not the case. Pretty much, like I said, all of my sophomore year, I was devastated. And even junior year, I was still pretty upset. I hated watching work week. I hated watching recruitment on Instagram or Snapchat because it was just a constant reminder of something that I wanted so bad and got ripped away from me. Like I said, it is four years later and... I can finally admit that I'm over it. I used to say that I was over it all the time and I was not over it. But I'm finally over it. And I feel like there are definitely some takeaways from the whole situation that I've seen myself. The first one being, I should not have tied my self-worth to being in a sorority. Obviously, but I had hyped it up so much to myself in high school because I saw it as the ultimate college experience. Uh, It really played a factor in which college I chose. Like my dad really wanted me to go to UNCG because I could graduate in three years instead of four, but they at the time only had three sororities and I was like, no, I want a big like Greek life. Like I want that to be part of my college experience. I was looking at it as the only thing that mattered, the only thing that mattered in college. You know, I was not focused on getting a degree. Obviously, I knew I was going to get one, but that was an afterthought. Being in a sorority was on the forefront of my mind, and that's the only thing about college that I was really looking forward to. And I definitely should have looked at it as one aspect of the whole college experience rather than the entire college experience rested on me being in a sorority. The second big takeaway I would say that I learned from the whole thing was that I have got to be flexible and more go with the flow. Like I said, I am pretty type A. I'm a planner. I'm a path follower, if you will. I had this specific path that I wanted my college experience to go and being in a sorority was a giant part of that path. But too much of life is unplannable. You cannot plan. You cannot predict what is going to happen in all facets of your existence. You have got to be able to enjoy things for what they are. Take what comes. Try to turn it into something positive. And if you can only plan things one way, and they don't go according to plan, you will be upset and unable to see the good things that come from it. And I definitely was. I was not able to look at the bright side at all for many years. The third takeaway from this whole thing, and I feel like it's not very generic, but it was something that I needed to learn was that I did not need to be in a sorority to make friends. Like obviously, duh, you don't have to be in a sorority to make friends, but That was one of the big benefits that everyone online said when I was researching and learning about it in high school was that, oh, you make such great friends. You make friends that last a lifetime. And I was like, I want that. I want to make a lot of friends. I want friends that are going to last a lifetime. I was not very good at making friends in high school. And I was like, well, I don't know how to make friends. So I need to join a sorority not to pay for friends because I know a lot of people say like, oh, you join a sorority, you're paying for friends. No, I'm paying for the opportunity to meet people, which doesn't sound that much better, but I made so many more friends in all of the years after being in a sorority. So I don't know why I really hold myself into that box. That's one of the things looking back on it. I'm like, why did I worry about that so much? I should have just trusted that, you know, as life would go on, I would make friends. The fourth takeaway And one that is probably a huge cliche and very generalized is that everything happens for a reason. I don't know how my college career would have been different, but right now, having graduated twice, I'm so happy with how it turned out. I do not in any way want to go back and see what would have changed if I had lived in the sorority house, been in a sorority all four years, you know, done all of that stuff, I would not go back and do anything different. For years, I would be like, oh, well, if only I had said this thing different, if only I had played my cards differently during recruitment, then I would have gotten in a different sorority and it would have all been different and it would have all been different. But this is what I have to ask myself, would different mean better? I don't know why I made it such a big deal to me in my head, but having gone through that and now looking back on it, I know that in the future, if something doesn't work out, I am not gonna take it that hard. Honestly, it was ridiculous how upset I was. Whatever residual lessons I'm still learning, I probably needed. Which kind of ties into the fifth and final takeaway that I can see from this whole thing is that perspective truly is everything. In that moment, it felt like the end of the world to me because I had made it my world. But looking back, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was, I wasn't in a sorority. So what? I still had fun. I still made friends. So it helps me put current things into perspective and I keep trying to remind myself, will this matter in one year? Will this matter in five years? Most things probably won't. And then react accordingly. Now that's kind of, it's funny to say that because my sorority getting kicked off did affect me for like two years afterwards, but right now really don't care. Like, I don't think about it all the time. I used to think about it all the time, especially when I was on campus and walking around campus seeing everyone in their sorority shirts, seeing the sorority girls doing little tabling events, seeing them do fun gravitates, fun socials, fun outings, and I wanted to do that so bad. But now being out of college, I don't care about any of that stuff. I can be grateful I got the chance to try it out, but ultimately Where I am right now would not have changed. So that was my sorority story, how I was in it for a year, it got kicked off, and I let it affect me for way too long. But I am out of school. I feel like this is kind of a closing chapter. I had never really thought about the whole story and my takeaways until I was putting together this episode. And honestly, for me, it was a a little bit of therapy, a little cathartic. Being able to laugh at myself for how much I let it affect me is not something that I thought I would be able to do a couple of years ago. Because anytime someone brought it up, I would be close to tears. I, it would really bother me. I would be really upset about it. But so many good things have happened since then. It's just crazy that I let that affect me for so long. And so I'm, I'm ending it right here. I'm not going to think about it anymore. And it's funny to laugh at. I think it's hilarious you know it's just ironic too knowing myself and knowing how much time and effort I put into getting into a sorority how much I let it consume my thoughts and then getting kicked off like it is just so ironic like if there was anyone in recruitment that wanted to be in a sorority worse than me I don't think that that person existed I wanted to be in a sorority so bad So to get kicked off, it's just so funny. Like, it's so funny to me. It's like, damn, there's got to be some giant big reason why I needed to get kicked out of the sorority. And I'm sure one day I'll look back and it'll be perfectly clear. That is my story. And I hope you found it a little entertaining. I hope it gave you something to think about. And I will see you next Friday for my next episode. Bye, guys.